Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tier 90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific time, 7.40 Mountain time, 8.40 Central time, and 9.40 Eastern time. Thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, or Frank Lomas, Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging. And these calls have popped up. They're archived back more than 11 years at this point. If you're looking for a meditation, you can always check for the Fridays that have Victoria Purper on for the last couple of couple three years or so, um, and she's got some lovely ones that uh, have been recorded. So since so this is the TR90 support call, this call happens Monday through Friday at this time, and. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you wish to catch us live, if you dial into 712-775-8972 and when it prompts for the code, put in 910022, you can join us live. So as a support call, a reminder of the program when you're first starting out is a good meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein in at least three of those meals. Make sure to get seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That will give you, and the closer you get them to the source, the more macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber they will have. Guys need about 45 grams of fiber. Ladies need about 32 grams of fiber daily, so do keep that in mind. Because that fiber is really important um, for good digestive health. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal if it's possible. If it's not possible, take them with your meals. It'll still work. It's just not as quite as efficient as it would be if you take them beforehand. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That actually really sets you up well for the next day. If you're getting good sleep, your body is clearing out toxins, doing a whole bunch of system resets while you're sleeping, storing both muscle memories and other memories as well, and then your brain starts out like a nice, fresh, clean page and really make good decisions and do planning. And I found for me that was one of the things that helped me was planning out, okay, I'm going to have this for breakfast, I'm going to have this for lunch, I'm going to have this for dinner, and these are the things I can have with snacks and I can mix and match, match those up. So um, being able to make good decisions is really important. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. That moderate to heavy exercise can be anything you want. It can be dancing. It can be uh, walking. It can be running, yoga, Pilates, whatever excites you. Because whatever excites you is going to keep you wanting to come back to do the exercise. And as I can attest, exercise is my nemesis, so that's the one area that I have a hard time with 
So I have to really plan it into my day and make sure that I really get it in. And let's see. Um, drinking plenty of wood, fluid to stay hydrated because you need to stay, that hydration is really important. You should be getting about one ounce of fluid for every two pounds you weigh, and the closer you can stick to water for your fluid. Fluid, water is your best choice, and all of your other choices have some um, offsets that you have to take into consideration. I do keep that in mind. And if you're in a humid area or you're exercising heavily, you will need to increase the amount of fluid you're drinking in order to stay hydrated. Just, you know, it's one of those things. And eventually, you just kind of get into a rhythm. And water is one of those things that I almost never am dehydrated because I don't like to be dehydrated. It's not fun. So with that being said, I am sharing some information that helps support our tier 90 lifestyle out of a book that is called That Chance, Getting the Odds Against Processed Sugar, Food, uh, Processed Food, Sugar, Obesity, and Disease, written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And yesterday I was sharing um, how fructose is the toxin that all of the diets and um, diet plans and stuff really have not talked about. And so that is where we're going to jump to today because it is the one thing that it's sort of like empty calories, but it is what is causing a lot of metabolic change. So in reading the title of this chapter, Fructose the Toxin, toxin in quotes, your first reaction may be, aha, I knew it, high fructose tolerance syrup is evil. You're half right. Media attention and consumer activist groups have started to vilify the high fructose corn syrup due to its synthetic nature and assumed effect on the obesity and epidemic. As a result, its consumption has been declining since 2007. But our rates of obesity remain unchanged. High fructose corn syrup is ubiquitous in the United States and Canada, but is used more sparingly in Europe, European Union, and Japan. The rest of the world uses sucrose. Australia and the entire Pacific Rim, for example, have only sucrose, but they are right behind us in terms of obesity and metabolic syndrome. Scientific studies of acute satiety versus energy intake and of metabolic alterations support the notion that high fructose corn syrup is technically no different from sucrose, although high fructose corn syrup does generate a higher blood fructose level, which could have negative metabolic consequences. Um, one of those might be diabetes, by the way. This is what has led to a voracious campaign by the Corn Refiners Association and its public commercials arguing that high fructose corn syrup is natural, out of the ground and benign sweetener. That high fructose 
High fructose corn syrup is biochemically similar to natural sucrose made of glucose and fructose. Taking corn syrup glucose through an enzymatic process so that it approximates half the glucose becoming fructose in order to make it sweeter. The question is not whether high fructose corn syrup is worse or better than sugar. The question is whether sugar in any of its forms is toxic. Yes, I did say that, sugar. Is sugar in any of its forms toxic? The health conscious among you may opt for juice over soda. For those of you who can afford it, you skip Sunny Delight in favor of natural 100% fruit juices made by Oddwell or other organic companies. They tout multiple health benefits and claim that because they are devoid of added sweetness, they are in fact good for you. Wrong. The fruit is good for you because it is also it also contains fiber. In fact, calorie for calorie, 100% orange juice is worse for you than soda. Because the orange juice contains 1.8 grams of fructose per ounce, while the soda only contains 1.7 grams of fructose per ounce. So do keep that in mind if you're drinking soda. Soda's right up there. All caloric sweeteners contain fructose, white sugar, cane sugar, beet sugar, fruit sugar, table syrup, brown sugar. It's cheaper cousin high fructose corn syrup, Add to this maple syrup, honey, agave nectar, it's all the same. The vehicle is irrelevant. It's the, it's the payload that matters. The bottom line, sugar consumption is a problem. 33% of sugar consumption comes from beverages, and the biggest abusers are the poor and the underserved. A carbohydrate is a carbohydrate, or is it? Well... All carbohydrates are not created equal, just as there are different gradients of fat, there are different gradients of carbohydrates based on their metabolism. To illustrate how this works, consider the following exercise involving the metabolism of three different carbohydrates of equivalent caloric value, 120 calories, by the way, glucose, ethanol, which is a green alcohol, and fructose. So glucose, despite its absolute necessity for life, dietary glucose isn't perfect. When it exists in nature without fructose, it's called starch, and it truly does supply empty calories, energy for either storage or burning. But the Atkins, Paleo, and Calorie Restriction Adherence will all tell you that the glucose molecule has three metabolic downsizes, all of which do damage over time, and necessitate the limitation of its consumption. To, to demonstrate this, let's consume 120 calories of glucose. For example, a half cup of cooked white rice. 20% or 24 calories will enter the liver, whereas the rest will be metabolized by other organs in the body. Here is what happens. First, glucose metabolism is insulin dependent. Consuming glucose raises the glucose level in the bloodstream, stimulating insulin release, which promotes energy storage into fat cells and causes weight gain. That's the first thing. Second, 
the overwhelming majority of glucose in the liver will be directed towards storing glycogen or liver starch, which is not harmful to the liver cell. This also will keep the liver from releasing glucose into the blood, preventing diabetes. No, third thing is a small amount of glucose will be metabolized by the liver, the mitochondria for energy, liver mitochondria for energy. Those are our little engines inside our cells. Number four, any excess glucose in the liver that is not shunted to glycogen and not metabolized by the mitochondria for energy will be instead converted into triglycerides. Hydroglyceride levels in the blood can promote development of cardiovascular disease. And fifth, glucose can bind to proteins in the cell, which causes two problems. When glucose binds to proteins throughout the body, the proteins become less flexible, contributing to the aging process and causing organ dysfunction. Every time a glucose molecule binds to a protein, it releases a reactive oxygen species, or an ROS that we talked about um, a couple weeks ago, which can cause tissue damage if not immediately mopped up by an antioxidant in the Paroxysm. Like all things, glucose in excess can be bad for you, especially when it lacks fiber, which limits the insulin response. However, you would have to consume a lot of it and over a long period of time for glucose to have its detrimental effect. In general, large amounts of glucose, which is starches such as pasta, white bread, and rice, will cause you to gain pounds, but it won't make you sick. Rather, if over time you gain too much weight from glucose, the visceral fat, which is formed, will eventually take its toll on your health. But when you consume the same number of calories as either ethanol or fructose, you get much more of a bang to your liver, more like a hand grenade. And it takes its toll that much faster. And I think I'll stop there. Monday I'll pick up with the ethanol, which is that grain alcohol, on Monday so that um, we know where we're taking off from. As I said, all of these calls are recorded on SoundCloud. You can pick them up. Um, and as I mentioned, Victoria has several that she's recorded over the last several years that have been uh, are truly Wonderful keepers. <laughs> Truly wonderful keepers. I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have, and I'm going to take a off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. Also remember at the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, you can pick up one of our leaders sharing some information on how to build the new community. So there we have it, my friends. Why glucose and sugar is not good for us. Hope everybody has a really great day and uh, look forward to talking to you on Monday.
And I'm going to get a chance to get some extra exercise this weekend, which is really fabulous because I like to do that. Have a great day, everyone.